0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Self Evident Podcast. You got Massey and you got Mike here. And uh, guess what? We got a lot going on. Now, I know what our intro is a little bit boring. And there's a reason for that, because honestly, we just want to get people online. And so you don't want to look at our crazy mugs when we're trying to figure all this stuff out so that's why we're here now if you guys can do us a huge favor if you guys like our content please subscribe to youtube go ahead and subscribe to our new twitch account uh we're on apple Podcasts as well if you guys could share this video that gets us a lot of uh attention it gets us uh the message gets out there quicker and faster and that's the whole point here so what we're really excited about is that there's something that's unique that's going on in America, and it's, a, it's actually a hope thing. People are waking up, and that's what I'm really, really happy about. And so while we're working on this whole thing, um, here we are just trying to get things done, right? And we're trying to get more statistics, more this, more that, and really what the whole point of the show is just to give people hope. And so what we're really excited about is just that you guys tune in all – I mean, every week. You guys are tuning in on Wednesdays. You're tuning in on Sundays. And we're hoping that we're providing good content. And if we're providing good content, please comment down below. If you have any questions, please comment down below. Cause we would love that. And we love it when you guys are with us all the time. So my buddy, Mike is here uh, with me, but something went wrong with the camera and I don't know why. Somehow it shut off. It shut off, eh? Yeah, let's get this off here. So. I'm going to start off with statistics. I think right now, um, that, you know, deaths don't support what's been going on, uh, in America, as far as like the tyranny and all these other things. And I'm going to start off with something that happened on Friday. We were going to cover this topic last, but I'm going to go first on this one. Okay. So we went to a county commissioners meeting in Martin County here in Florida with the intent was, uh, to give ideas on how we can, what's the word I'm looking for, open up the economy, right? I mean, the intent is we got to open things up here. There's something uh, uh, grossly wrong constitutionally with shutting down business. And no matter what, even if it's for safety, there's still no constitutional provision. Now, there's these things called emergency acts. There's these things called emergency uh, uh, statutes and Florida state statutes. But if they violate the constitution, is it constitutional? Do you know what I mean? There's not two constitutions. So even if it's if, if something gets passed, it's unconstitutional, it's constitutional. So- we decided to go um, um, to this uh, county commissioners meeting, and uh, I remember when when we went there, the first one of the first things that was said was, "We're not even talking about opening the the, the beaches right now, because we're following what uh, Palm Beach Gardens is going to do and all these other things." And so I'm thinking to myself, "Well, then, what are we doing here? You know, what I mean what, what are we just talking? You know?" So I went in from that conversation to. You know, if people come in from Paul Beach, you know, our fines that we give them, you know, because they try to finagle and park in different places. You know, when we find them, it's only like 40, 50 bucks a ticket. You know, we should up that price to 300. That'll discourage them from coming up. And I kind of went. <laughs> 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 and there was people that looked at me on both sides because I'm like. Who gave anybody authority to do something like that at all? You know what I mean? Like, where did you get that where you could just start jacking up fines for people that want to enjoy themselves on a beach, for crying out loud? And the whole idea was, well, they're going to infect people. Well, all those people that are sick are going to stay home. And all those people that are coming up, as as Pastor was saying today, there's 30-foot-wide beaches. 30 feet. There's tons of room. You know what I mean? And with social distancing, I'm sure people would still say, you know, I'm going to get six feet from that person. I'm going to get six feet from that person because, hey, you know what? We're smart people. You know what I mean? I find it ironic. They can't trust the people. We're supposed to trust them. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me, you know? So during the meeting, they said, well, we're not going to cover the beach thing. We're we're not going to try to even open the stuff up. And I'm like, well, that's kind of ridiculous. Then why are we here? Right? And so uh, we decided to leave. And I saw uh, one of our sheriff... And there was two, three of them. So I said, you know, hey, can I ask you a question outside? Because I didn't want to talk and disrupt inside. I was trying to be nice, and, you know, and, and he was very, very nice. He was very cordial. Um, but I just asked, I said, you know, everybody's talking about, like, wh- whether we should or should not shut down. But nobody's talked about the argument of authority. Where is the authority coming from that they can just do this? He goes, well, it's in the, it's in the Statewide Emergencies Act. I don't know the statute. I don't know where it's located, but I know it's in there, and he has all authority doesn't that just red flag someone like, doesn't that say, uh, you don't know where it is. You don't know what's going on. And yes, executive orders are unconstitutional. Gloria just said, we are adults agreed. And so what, what's been happening and what's frustrating is why is it that, that we're not being trusted with our own liberty and freedom? Do you know why? And I'll, and I'll do, cause we're going to talk about this on Wednesday. What is Liberty? You know why people are quickly, uh, quickly, uh, you know why people can quickly give up liberty? Because they don't understand what liberty is and they don't understand the price of it. You know why it's easy for some of us to just fall into just sins and things like that? Because I don't know if we understand the value of that sacrifice. We don't understand what it took to put Jesus on the cross. And so I'm not saying we don't fall. Don't, don't get me wrong. Of course we're going to fall. But habitual sins? Man, I don't know. You know, So we're on this trip right now of, of, of identifying what liberty really is. And so he said to me, I I, I can't, I'm not going to debate with you. I'm not doing any of that. If you want to challenge this, go get a lawyer and take it to the courts. I'm thinking to myself, like, wait a second, what? Take it to the courts? I'm asking you. You're the one who upholds law. What are you talking about? You know?" But he was very nice. Again, he wasn't mad at me. I think, uh, like my pastor said, he's probably had a thousand of these kinds of comments. He's probably had a thousand of these conversations. I think my only struggle with it was, if you can't quote to me a statute, what are you following? So you're, you're saying it's legal, so we went up and just looked them up, and I decided to look up the Emergency Powers Act uh, of, of the state of Florida. Now, what I'm going to read to you is quite crazy, I think is the right word, because I don't, I don't know where, again, why they think that they have this authority, and so I'm gonna walk right into it. This is the 2019 Florida state statutes. I think this was passed in the 80s if I'm not mistaken as I, as i dig this up and it says here policy and purpose because of the existing and this is uh 25.3 uh 25.32 um uh, section 1 it says this because of the existing and continuing possibility of the occurrence of emergencies and disasters resulting from natural technological or man-made causes listen to that because of the existing and continuing possibility of the occurrence folks we can't stop things from happening like a virus so we're just going to put the whole state on this emergency act. Right. And they're saying because it could happen, we have the authority to suspend things, which they don't. But we're going to talk about this. And actually, if you read this whole emergency statute in context, it actually has a lot to do with more natural disasters and, 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 and all this other stuff. But I went to what they would consider this virus was an emergency, but kind of a man-made emergency. I just looked it up just because I I wanted to see what it meant. And so it says this, that in order to ensure the preparations of the state will be adequate to deal with, reduce the vulnerability to, and recover from such emergencies and disasters, to provide for the common defense and protect the public peace, health, and safety, and to preserve the lives and property of the people of the state, is hereby found and declared to be necessary to create a state of emergency, to create a state emergency management, I'm sorry, agency to be known as the Division of Emergency Management, to authorize the creation of local organizations for the emergency management and political subdivisions of the state state and to authorize it with cooperation with the federal government and the governments of other states. And so, and and it says this in in, in, uh, part B, it says to confer upon the governor of the division of the emergency management and the governing body of each political subdivision of the state uh, to to give them powers provided they're in. So it goes through this whole thing. It's a lot lot of mumbo jumbo, but I was looking up some things and I said, okay, what does it mean? What is an emergency? And they define what an emergency is, but listen to how twisted and how convoluted this is okay it says this emergency means any occurrence or threat thereof whether natural technological or man-made in war or in peace which results or may result in substantial injury or harm to the population or substantial damage to loss of property that's pretty open-ended don't you think Uh so it's either happening or it might happen we can declare an emergency you see where there's no foundation. There's nothing like I can set my foot on. I could say, hey, this is foundational. You know what is foundation, though? My property. You know what is foundation? My business. You know what is foundational, though? My family, my church. Those are foundational. Nobody can take those rights away from me. But when it comes to law, this is what happens. I'm not blaming uh, Governor DeSantis for this. This is just what he walked into. And most people, if you're ignorant of the state constitution, you're just going to fall in line with what the orders have already been. Yeah. So I'm not blaming him. I'm not. You, you want to go? No, okay, you your talk? so it says here, emergency means any occurrence, any occurrence. So they can declare an emergency when they want to, if they feel there's a threat at all, yeah. right? It says, if whether natural, technological, or man-made, I am like, this isn't natural because that's technically considered tornadoes, hurricanes, all that stuff. Isn't technological because that's more... You know, uh, grids, power grids, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the only one that they said and left was man-made, which the Wuhan virus came from China. So I thought, I'm not saying it's man-made. I don't know. There's a lot of evidence that says there is. I don't know. But I looked up man-made emergency. This is what they defined it as here in the state of Florida. Listen to this. Means any emergency caused by an action against persons or society, including, but not limited to. Listen to that. Listen to that open-endedness. Including, but it's not limited to. So we don't really know what it is. That's how they confuse you. They say it's law, but they don't have a foundation. You, you get where I'm going? It says this, but not limited to enemy attack, sabotage, terrorism, civil unrest, or any action imp- impairing the orderly administration of government. It doesn't Ooh. fit in any other cat- category. Yeah. But it's talking about, it, it, was, it, was, was this Wuhan virus terrorism? No. Was it, uh, was it uh, enemy attack? No. No. I don't know if China did it maliciously. I don't know if they sent it over here maliciously. We can't prove that. I don't, I don't know. Uh, was it uh, sabotage? I don't think the Chinese said, you know, we're going to shut down Florida's economy because I'm just talking about Florida right now. Okay. So already this falls under, what does it fall under? Do you no. see what I mean? Like what does it fall under? What is it saying? And I'm only leaving it there because I want you to do your own homework. I've read and read and read. And it says in certain provisions in actually 252.33 it says that the governor can create law and it must be held therein. But he didn't create law. He created an executive order which is not law because law goes through the legislature, not the governor.
1: Exactly. You see
0: what I'm saying? So you got to be careful about what people are saying, what law is and what's not. And when, you, when, when a governor or when a government can tell you that um, for, for what they're doing, that they can just pass law arbitrarily, that the, that the state, uh, the governor actually has all the authority and all the power and the legislator actually says, we've authorized the governor to do this right? Then you no longer like your constitution. You've subverted your constitution. You've only violated your oath to that constitution. And that constitution gives you the power to be in your position. So if you in the the, the constitution, you have no more power. So who gives the power to the governor? The Mm -hmm. constitution does. And where does the constitution come from? Where does the power lie into? If you read section four of the Florida state constitution, it says the power is laid in the people. Are you hearing me? The people, not a state not a government governors are supposed to govern not rule. Do you know what the word govern means it means to restrain or to uh, uh to restrict to rule means to uh, uh, uh overrule or to upend they're not rulers they're governors and they're only supposed to govern themselves as the people are the ones that are free and they only govern the people if the people become unruly and violate the rights of another And they break the law and they break the Ten Commandments, according to William Blackstone. So that's why we started covering this, because this is absolutely asinine to think. And I'm covering this topic, actually, because we talked about this uh, when when I was there. And it was our pastor that said, did you know that Martin County, I went to the Martin County Commissioner's uh, meeting. Martin County has 161,000 people in Martin County. There's only been 166 confirmed cases of COVID in that county. Now I looked up flu statistics. You guys can correct me and please try. I've looked up statistic after statistic, after statistic, trying to figure out what flu has done in this county, in Martin County, right? I can't find one statistic from February on. Why did they quit taking statistics on the flu? Did they acknowledge it was COVID now?
1: Um, Yeah. Uh, And I want to add on to that, but first I want to say, as far as this executive order stuff, you have to remember that the law is supposed to be written by the legislature. The governor is just supposed to enact it or put it forward, right, make sure that it runs. Uh, So what the executive order basically does, this emergency powers, gives him the ability to write law with an executive order. And the beautiful part of this is that you get 60 days, of this emergency, and if after sixty days, well, you just have to reinstate. That's right, it. you have to reinstate it, and legislature doesn't even have to vote on that. That's what scares me. Is your governor can say, "Well, sixty days for the emergency. Sixty days go happen. They pass." Governor goes, No, I want sixty more days. Yeah. And the only way for the people to really revolt against that is the legislature has to end up ending the emergency act, right? <laughs> Which Well, we all know how well legislatures exact- and yep, Congress would, work, yep, right? Yep. And so guaranteed they'll get rid of it tomorrow, of course. No, that's that's the issue is what you're seeing is a conflict of interest and an expanding outside of the jobs. That's why we're so concerned with this idea of emergency powers, emergency acts, executive orders, right? Now, if you if you can somehow reel it in and give really good definitions to this, we might be a little more cooperative on the whole idea. The problem is this thing is so vague and so open. It, it, it gives you carte blanche. It gives you the ability to do whatever you want to do. So now we're talking about Is it even an emergency situation? Um, And we've tried to kind of resist this idea of like calling it a hoax, calling it a super pandemic, calling it this, calling it that. But you could obviously tell both of us kind of land on the side of we think it's a little bit overblown. And what Massey had just pointed out was the idea of flu. And also, if you look at pneumonia. Now, if if you look at the state statistics, but you also look at the nation statistics, you'll find that it's pretty much empty in terms of flu and pneumonia. Now, I just want to ask you: Did we cure the flu and pneumonia? <laughs> no. In February, like, did we eradicate yeah. it from the earth?
0: That's that's what that's what I'm trying to say. It's like there's no more real statistic on it. No. Like, the, a matter of fact, I think it was in the in the in the Florida Sun, and and the uh, Fox 12, I think it's called. They both did articles on that the flu is way more deadly than the COVID right now. Right. And, and that was in March 3rd that they which, did that article, which
1: on. I'm going to go through the stats. But right. Right, right. Yeah.
0: But I'm going to read you something from James Madison. He wrote this in 1788 in the Federalist number 62. He said this. He said, if laws become so voluminous that they, not, they, they cannot be read or so incoherent that they cannot be understood, if they be repealed or revised before they are promulgated or undergo such incessant changes that no man who knows what the law is today can guess what it would be tomorrow. Yeah. He said, "If if it's so voluminous, we can't even understand. We don't even know what it is today, or what it's going to be tomorrow. Where's liberty in that?"
1: Let me let me add to that. Think back to when the the lockdowns first happened. Do you guys remember that first week where everybody was completely confused? Of what's essential? What's non-essential? Uh, is there a curfew? Is there not a curfew? Can I go out? Can I not? Can, mm. What can I do? What can I do? There's confusion among the people because they don't understand what's legal right now, what's not, what's good, what's bad, what's finable, what's not. We're still not quite sure, and we've got county commissions that are deciding on the fly. Well, if people step on our beach, we'll just fine them more. Dude, what?
0: Yeah, I think that's where it comes down to is like all of a sudden, instead of just telling the people, "Hey, let's let's be safe, let's do all this, let's find them." Yeah. What in the world, man? Free people that are healthy are being the, the ones being penalized for doing what they do. Dude, listen to me. You know what happened after two thousand and one? We all became guilty till, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, guilty till proven innocent. Mm-hmm. You can't walk through an airport right now without being checked and being a suspect. You can't. Yeah. And th- you know they say it's the new normal. I ain't accepting that in Jesus' name because I'm not going back to what it was. I'm not doing it because now is the time to really understand what rights are. Now people will say it all the time. How do we fight this? How do we fight this? Folks, I'm telling you, stand, 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 stand. Educate yourself and stand. Now, when I was at that county commission thing, I spoke a little early. I was pretty hot. I'm like, man, I should run for office. I can't do that right now. I just don't have the time for that. And, and yeah. what I'm involved in with the church and in the ministry here and my kids, I don't have the time for that. Right? But that doesn't mean you can't. That doesn't mean people like yourself can't. Folks, listen to me. Law is simple if you read it and you obey it. Now, I know if I was county, on the county commissioner board, matter of fact, if you ever go to one of these meetings, just go to one. When one of them brings something up, all six of them are like, oh, yeah, I think we should do that. What do you guys think? Yeah, there's no like, hey, let's talk about this. Hey, yeah. what's really in the statute? Hey, nothing like that. They're supposed to be at odds with each other. I don't want to put more laws on the people to restrain them. A true leader will not restrain the people, but restrain himself because power corrupts. Amen power corrupts the people just want to be free to do what they do right now i think again we're gonna i'm gonna repeat this what we repeated or we said last sunday one of the biggest things that we're seeing now is the fear of what might happen yeah but if you're a christian you're only delaying the inevitable yeah the inevitable is we're gonna die one day whether it's by a virus or whatever by old age whatever that's not insensitive that's just truth right And if you're really on the side of the Lord, man, I hope I go out in glory. I hope that, man, if I get taken out by a virus, that someone knows the witness of it, right? But we can't worry about what's going to happen because if you do that, the Bible even says take no thought of tomorrow. Don't worry about things. Be careful for nothing, it says. And now look at us. We're worried about, man, what's going to happen out there tomorrow? And now we got to worry about our business is going to stay open or not. You know what I mean? Uh, If you guys go back to the to the sermon today, he said if they come up from Palm Beach, golly, they might buy our gas. They might buy food from our restaurants. They might use our grocery stores. Oh, Oh, my goodness. They might blow up our economy. Holy smokes. You know what I mean? So again, it's just ridiculous what they're, the the arguments are using.
1: I I got to point out, I was I even told Pastor Todd this. I was so tempted to yell out, "Build the wall!" <laughs> um, <laughs> a little Trump humor for those yeah, of you yeah, out, yeah, out kidding, there. We're we're yeah, 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 we're kidding. Anyways, kind of. Um, and I want I want to get into the idea of fear. And I want to get into some of these statistics about what's going on with coronavirus. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time because we got something a lot more important to talk about, but we got to see where these statistics are at, right? So right now we're looking at about, I looked it up today, it's about 54,000 deaths. Um, That sounds bad. Uh, Globally, there's about 2.9 million cases. Now remember, the CDC even themselves said, well, if it looks like COVID, go for it on death certificates Uh, and notice flu and pneumonia are basically non-existent there's an issue with that but i'm not even going to argue that just we'll we'll leave that beside we won't worry about it but what i will argue is this idea of antibody testing so it's it's growing new york city they're looking at about 20 percent that they believe in new york city who have had the virus because they show up with antibodies now you might say Oh, the antibody testing, it's not totally reliable. You know, it's ninety five percent reliable. Okay. Well, if you give me that, I'll give you that all of the stand all the cases that are marked are actually true COVID cases. So let's let's call it even on that. Twenty one percent of New York. Okay. Now you may say, Well, that's an aberration. Well, let's go over to California. In LA County, you've got about thirteen to fourteen percent. In Santa Clara, you've got about something like two point five to four point Point five percent have antibody. Now, what's the difference? You go, well, that's a big difference. That's a big variable. Look at New York. Look at what happened in New York. You have 27,000 people per square mile in New York City. LA, I don't remember, is something like, I think 7,000. And I, I could be off on that. So don't, don't quote me, but I know it's a lot less than New York and then Santa Clara, a lot less than LA. So you're looking at rate of spread. New York had a wildfire of spread. That's why they have 20% anti- antibody. Right now, California is growing. You look at other nations and they're having the same issue. Sweden believes that they'll have herd immunity within a couple of weeks, which means 50 to 60 or sorry, 70 to 80% of antibody. We're looking at a lot of cases that never got claimed because the people stayed home or because the people had no symptoms at all. So what we're looking at in the hospitals is the worst of the worst. And especially when you tell people don't go to the hospital unless you have to, then you get the worst of the worst of the worst. And a lot of people stay home. So to throw all that in there, I'm saying let's be careful about what death percentages we're throwing around. Exactly, That's the dangerous part. Because if you look at about 3.7 million cases in uh, New York City, you're looking at under 0.3%. That's a lot different. From the quote-unquote 2.0% that is kind of getting bandied about for New York City. Let alone the fact that how many of these deaths are actually getting marked that aren't COVID or the fact that the vast majority of them have an underlying case. And I want to bring up the the VA hospital. There was a VA hospital study in terms of hydroxychloroquine. I'm not defending it, but what I am saying is that VA study where it said no, it didn't do anything— Almost everybody in that study had underlying cases, and i 'm just saying almost everybody because i don't remember the numbers specifically they may have been all of them had at least one underlying case. The number one indicators of death from this thing are underlying health issues, age and obesity hey. it, it's not the young <laughs> and the healthy so then the question is do you lock down every
0: yeah the <laughs> the old and the chubby. We need, a, we need a trailer for that. The old and the chubby. <laughs> kind of half Asian, chubby, but... half Asian.
1: <laughs> so you get into the question of, do we lock down everybody for a small contingent of people? And I was talking to a friend about this today, and, and what we're going to get into, this is going to kind of be my segue. We were talking about these protests. Oh, yeah. And he was arguing that, well, these people are not caring about other people they should just accept the lockdowns and be safe and he's an amazing brother i'm not i'm not calling him out on this we had a great conversation about it we you know we kind of came to to a level place but what i do want to attack is somebody like governor cuomo and we're we're going to get into that but you are locking down the entire nation for a small subset of people the old the overweight those with underlying conditions, instead of locking them down or saying, okay, we're going to take care of you. We're going to make sure the vulnerable are taken care of while everybody else builds immunity to this. There's an issue with that. Now Cuomo, and I'm going to bring this up. I want to show you this. And Massey, I definitely want to hear you on. on this. Cuomo snaps. You want to go to work? Go take a job as an essential worker. Cuomo was furious because a reporter kind of called him out of like, okay, is the, cure worse than the illness at this point like (laughs) is the economy going to be devastated for us to save some lives i want you to read see what cuomo said and i'm going to read this to you so cuomo says no it doesn't no it doesn't it doesn't equal equal death right (laughs) he goes economic hardship yes very bad not death emotional stress from being locked in a house very bad not death Domestic violence on the increase, very bad, not death, and not death of someone else. See, that's what we have to factor into this equation. Yeah, it's your life. Do whatever you want, but you're now responsible for my life. You have a responsibility to me. It's not just about you. You have a responsibility to me, right? We started here saying it's not about me. It's about we, Get your head around the we concept. So it's not all about you. It's about me
0: too. It's about we. It's about socialism. It's not about, about the socialism. individual sovereignty of man. Listen to that. It's about we now. So he says here, he says, it's about, it's it's, it's you ever, you're responsible for my life. He's like, it's you. I'm going to blame you. That's called a victim mentality. I'm uh-huh. going to blame you for what's wrong with me. You see what I'm saying? Not you stay home and you choose to do it yourself i'm going to force you and then say it's a we thing because i forced you to be we that is socialism folks no matter how you slice it dice it boil it fry it cook it stew it it is socialism okay and they want to get you into that mentality of that hey this is a wee thing therefore we should submit to this because we are doing this together no you force me because in certain places you can find a grand i think pastor jan just posted this uh it said on here that it's uh, I think in houston if I'm not mistaken, she said Houston is charging a thousand dollars for going outside without a mask on. A thousand bucks! It's easy to say we. We nothing. <laughs> my pocket, my, my 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 wallet is not called we.
1: Yeah, you pay my bills then. You pay my fine. <laughs> it's something along with that. I want to point this out. Let's talk about whether economic hardship is, does matter in this situation or not. So my friend and I were talking about these protests, and I said you got to understand that these people are protesting because they're losing their livelihood and i use the whole example of if you owned a computer shop and you eked out a living over 20 years and suddenly the government comes to you and says no more you're done you can't earn a living right how would you feel and and my friend well yeah that that kind of makes sense And i said the other thing you have to realize is you and i have jobs 100 percent. they don't it's like think about the people who are saying we need to just continue the lockdown It tends to be, not all, but it tends to be people who still have their jobs, a.k.a. I'm looking at you, media. You are pointing the finger at these protesters and telling them how they shouldn't protest for their own jobs when you're sitting in your house earning a salary to stand in front of a camera. Tell them. them. I'm done with you. Tell them. You tell me you've got empathy? Cut it. You're done. Because you don't care a lick about those people's jobs. All you care about is making sure that you're heard and that you can— Point the finger at the stupid right wings, right? Whoo! Mike's getting hot. I am. So we've got them. We, we've got people who still have jobs. We also have the elderly, who a lot of them are running on Social Security. They're running on pensions. They're running on retirement. But isn't it
0: funny how the governments, the, all these governments will say, we got to shut down the economy, but they're still getting paid. Yeah. And we get the scraps from the table. Here's yeah. 600 bucks. Here's 1200 bucks. Here's this and this. But, man, Congress ain't stopping that 174000 Oh, by the uh, way, no. though, when that stimulus bill came out, they a did raise. vote themselves a pay raise. Yep. Isn't that awesome? They voted themselves a pay raise, but you got scraps. Yeah. What do they think of you? Just think about that. This is the problem with, look, government, the the, the authorities delegated to government and ordained by government is ordained of God. Government cannot ordain God. God ordains government. You got to get that straight. And here's the reason. When you look at Florida state statute, nowhere does it say the government has the authority to label a business essential or non-essential. That is not their business. Their business is to make sure that they're governing according to that constitution, not by the wills of what they want to do. If the federal government's coming in telling them to shut down their state and there's nothing wrong with my state, you don't just fall in line with that. Are you kidding? No. We're, listen, you may have to sacrifice yourself. You may have to say, I don't mean in death. I'm saying this. You may have to sacrifice and say, you know what? No, I'm going to stand up against unconstitutional policy. I'm going to stand up against the injustices done against the American people, especially the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Some of you will say, we need to stay home. Then stay home. The rest of us will go out and build the economy the way we need to. And when you're ready to come out, we'll accept you with open arms while I'm sitting there eating at Longhorn, having a nice steak because (laughs) I didn't care about this stuff. And if I got infected, that's on me, not you. I'm not going to blame you for for getting COVID. I'm not going to blame Walmart for getting COVID. I don't blame anybody when I get sick or get a stomach bug. I don't sit there and say, man, it was that dude that I saw coughing. That's who gave it to me. I don't know. It's life. It's called life. You get sick. Did you know, did you know you've got, we, we all get sick. Did you, that's crazy. (laughs) We're all going to get sick. Did you know that? Did you know that some of us can get sick, Mike? It happens. Uh Don't shut down an entire economy because of it. Listen, if you feel uncomfortable, that's on you. Have at it. Stay home. And you know what? Hopefully, if you're that person who feels a real uh, conviction in your heart to stay home and you're a part of a church, we would help you do that. We would help you and make sure that you feel okay and safe. But don't come, come to me and say it's my responsibility to, 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 to take care of you if you're not willing to work.
1: Yeah. And let me, let me answer an argument that some people are going to bring up. They're going to say, but you're not dying. I would argue that. So there's about 4.5% of poverty-related deaths. That's about 130,000 deaths annually. Now, if unemployment rises to about 20% from the pre-COVID 4%, you could see the number of impoverished people double, right? Just just because you go unemployment doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be impoverished. But let's let's just for sake of argument say that number doubles of those impoverished. This could mean another 130,000 who die in one year because of economic hardship, because of poverty-related deaths. That's not including the increase in suicides. What did we see after 2008? We saw a 25% jump in suicides, let alone drug and alcohol abuse. Does that not go up when you me, you're man. stressed and you don't have a job? Let's look at, at uh, health issues and obesity rates, right? People are eating more. Tell me you haven't been buying more ice cream. Nancy Pelosi proved it. She got a whole freezer full. Girl, be gaining pounds.
0: <laughs> but it's not, it's not going there. It's not going there. That was not planned. I did not plan. No, that. you didn't. I didn't. That was didn't that
1: was all me. That. But this idea, this idea that it's not going to affect anybody, or yeah, it's bad, but it's not as bad as deaths. Let me tell you. For every death you have 565 jobs lost Thank you. for every single death, 565 jobs lost. What's your number? And maybe everybody has to that out. How many jobs lost are worth a single death? There was somebody who said, no, no amount of jobs is worth a single death. Well, I'm sorry, but if you take away all of the jobs, you'll have lots of death because it's production. You, you tend to forget that production lines, food, water, sanitation, construction, safety, transportation, we have all kinds of things that are we rely on to live. And if we lose those things, we're going to see millions of people die in a long, decade-long depression, right? And I'm not saying that's what this is going to cause, but don't forget the Great Depression. It was like 10 years' worth. And the only thing that brought us out of it was World War II. So we've got to be careful. Like Cuomo has to be careful about what he's saying because basically what he's telling you is you should feel guilty that somebody died of an illness and you want your job. What I'm arguing is both things are bad. But which one causes more damage in the long term? And my fear is that what we're causing is much bigger damage long term it is. No. In,
0: in this society. No, I just want to read a comment. Gloria Go Tucker says this. She says, I have a copy of the executive order in front of me. It says that as of three twenty four twenty, 20 the categories of persons uh, w- that should stay home, examples of, of underlying conditions, severe asthma, chronic lung disease, serious heart disease, et cetera. She said, I am not in any of these categories. How does this apply to me? <laughs> That's
1: good. (laughs)
0: Right. And that's the answer people are asking right now. Seriously. And it's not just, I think that's why either side is up on this. Yeah. Unless you're extremist on either side, you know, you got the one extreme on the right that they're like, it's all planted and man-made. I don't know if it is or not. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know what? I don't have time to get into that. You know what I have time to do is teach you about liberty, freedom, and the constitution. Mm -hmm. I have time to teach you about the Magna Carta and the original rights of man. That's what I have time to teach you about. I don't have time to chase rabbits right now because honestly if it's not the lord that builds the house we're laboring in vain who build it if i'm going to sit and talk about conspiracies and things that don't matter right now it's not going to change because what are we going to do even if it is demonic are you going to fight it or is god Think about that. I can't worry about conspiracies right now. Here's what I need to rely on, that if God gives me the right, then I have to go to him for the answer to get that right. If it's Jesus Christ that saved me and he hung on a cross for me and he resurrected to give me life, then he's the one I have to go to because he said he could have called 10,000 legions of angels to come, against those, uh, to come against the Pharisees. He didn't. Ag- against the centurions. He didn't. But he will fight on my behalf. This is how we fight our battles. I can't worry about conspiracies right now. The only thing I can do is stand on the truth. I can't stand on conjecture and what's going on out there because it's not going to do anything. All it's going to do is produce fear and it's going to produce inactivity because you're going to be scared about what's happening. I don't want to do that no more. And I don't want to get upset needlessly. You know what I want is hope and faith. That's what we need right now.
1: Absolutely. and. One of the things that you ask, okay, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And I understand why you ask it because it's kind of like, okay, I throw this up in my, in the air. I can't do much. There is a process that you can take of standing up. And it was funny because we were standing at church and one of the younger people said, I need to start going to these meetings. And I, that was, that was good. Encouraged me. That was good. That was so encouraging. That's for awesome me. dude is because what they're saying is I've got to stop with this. I, I, I've got to be there and hear what's actually being said and what's going through. Because so often we, we forget the local stuff and we forget the county stuff. We forget the state stuff because we're only worried about who's in office in the presidency. It all starts with your local governments. And that's Keep why going, being at your city council, yeah, being yeah. at your county commission, being at your, yeah. your state, legislature and and reaching out and connecting with your representatives, connecting with your councilmen, your councilwomen, that is vital. And as business owners, as church leaders, right? If you see something that is not good, that is going to harm you in a big way and you feel they're going the wrong direction, you need to speak up. You need to do something with it. Amen. Right now I'm not going as far as calling for civil disobedience, but you know what? I'm going to have a hard time disagreeing with somebody who we're already
0: being civilly disobedient. We're already doing it. Me doing this right now, speaking out against what government thinks that they can do, that's civil disobedience. If I'm going to disobey an unjust act, that's civil disobedience. That is not rebellion, folks. Here, let me put this in context for you. People say that's rebellion to rebel against. No, no, no. They're rebelling against God, folks. They're rebelling against their own state constitution. They're the ones rebelling against the rights of man that God gave me. I'm not rebelling. I'm standing disobedient. I'm not obeying unjustly. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it anymore. And you know what? It, this is what's crazy. It's like that is what's going to cause the great concern. Really? Really? What if they dude? Listen, if you lived in China and you couldn't have kids, I know that they lifted the law, but they really haven't out there yeah. about the, having one kid. Yep. Right. What if the federal government said you're only allowed to have one kid? I'm just saying, what if? What if? Because we didn't think it would get to this point.
1: You didn't think your business would get shut you down. You didn't think
0: your business would get shut down because of a virus. But what if? Would you obey it? Or would you say, no, man, God called me to produce. He told me to go procreate, Mm -hmm. that I would have a full quiver. Man, that's my right. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. You're the one that should be because you're the one that you took an oath to uphold the Constitution. I, as a citizen, did too. And it's my job to make you uh, stand to that and adhere to that Constitution, not create new laws to restrain me. When's the last time you saw a law that restrained the government? Seriously, when's the last time you saw a law passed by Congress or anything by a state that restrains them? Name it. But they're restraining me. I didn't do anything to you. I'm law abiding. And matter of fact, I don't like it, but I pay my taxes, right? I have my house, I got my kids, they go to school. I work my job. What did I do wrong? I sometimes speed, yes. But why is it me that, that, that's the problem here? Not you crazy isn't it that's what gets me
1: yeah we're going to switch gears a little bit um and and we've kind of been going on this theme of work and and i wanted to bring this up because i think there's also a a a cultural issue of of philosophy that we need to really nail down right now and this whole argument about work has really spawned a lot of different things and I, i want to point out something aoc said um she said Americans should refuse to go back to work. And we're just going to bring up her quote. She says, uh, when we talk about this idea of opening society, you know, only in America, does the president, when the president tweets about liberation, does he mean go back to work? When we have this discussion about going back or reopening, I think a lot of people should just say no. We're not going to back to that. Ocasio-Cortez continued, we're not going back to work 70-hour work weeks just so that we can put food on the table and not even feel any sort of semblance of security in our lives. Okay. <laughs> you want to start or you want no, me no, to? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. This, is, this, is, this was totally your, uh, and I'm, I'm happy yeah, it was your yeah. topic. This is good. This one I saw and I was like, I can't not talk about that. Um, first, the average work week in America is, I think, something like 44 hours. I highly, 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 highly doubt that AOC has ever worked a 70-hour work week. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that too far? No. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so she, says, she says 70-hour work week and just to put food on the table. Hey, if you're working a 70-hour work week, I can almost guarantee you can do more than just put food on the table. Oh, dude. Otherwise, you need to find a new... Structure you know,
0: if you're willing to work 70 hours a week, open a business. Oh, you're you're there. Come on, that's like three quarters of the battles the work ethic. You know what I mean? Seriously, it's like eighty percent physical and Mm -hmm. the rest is mental. Yeah, you just need to put in the the work and the grind, you know.
1: And there's there are a lot of people who work seventy plus hours a week and more power to you. Absolutely. My defense against what AOC said is she said we should liberate ourselves from work. And what she's pointing out is this idea of like work has no intrinsic value. It's only oppression. And so when Trump says liberate Michigan, Trump say or liberate Virginia or liberate Minnesota, what he's saying is let them go back to work because work is good and productive. There's a difference there between the mindset of work has value and work is oppression. She's coming from the idea that work is oppression. Yeah. Which is a very Marxist idea, and I'm not just throwing the name out. I'm literally saying Marxism teaches that work is an oppressive force.
0: You shouldn't have to work. You shouldn't. And you know, it's funny because that's actually anti-biblical, and here's why. Psalm 128 says this, You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. didn't say you shall eat the bread of another. And then you'll be blessed. No, you'll be blessed when you work with your own hands, and it says that you will eat the la- you will enjoy the labor of it. You'll enjoy the fruit of it. When the Bible says that you give your first fruits to God, notice it's your first fruits, not someone else's first fruits to give. It's yours. What are your first fruits? Right. That's just one scripture. I'll go with another one. Check this out. Uh, here's another one. Do do all things. This is about this is talking about work. Okay. Do all things without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted nation, among whom which you sign as lights in the world. I'm not. You can't complain about where you're at. Matter of fact, I, I a lot of people ask for advice when they have a job that they don't like. Yeah. I love that question. When's the last time you just embraced it? Uh huh. You just embraced Embrace it. the suck. You, you embraced the cross and you just said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to enjoy this until you move me. Mm-hmm. Because what if he wants you to have that seed of joy to be a light to someone else? So then when he promotes you and moves you on, you are ready to walk into that next season with joy and the joy that you left behind will spring forth fruit in the others. Instead of anger and complaining and frustration and all these other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is scriptural. God commanded us to work. As a matter of fact, he told Adam when he he, he took dominion over the garden of Eden, he said, You will work the garden. Mm-hmm. Listen to the word. You will work the garden. If Christ worked as a carpenter, if Paul worked as a tent maker and beyond, these guys were ministers too, right? We should too. Like we're not we're not above our, our servants not above his master. No. I'm not above him. I'm going to work. And you know what? We do work hard, right? <laughs> but you know what it produces too? It produces a self-gratification in you that, you know what? I provided for my family and my kids. I provided for my household. I do. My conscience is, is clean before God uh, because it. I've done right preach before it. the Lord. That a man could say or a woman could say, you know what? I look at my kid go to college as a single mother. Look what I was able to do because God gave me the strength to do it. Why not preach those stories? Why not preach the stories about that kid who succeeded and the mom sacrificed? everything? matter of fact, most NFL players, watch the stories. Most NFL players, my mom sacrificed everything for me. And look where I'm at. And look what I bought her. I bought her a car or a house or something like that. Men, you that provide for your family, doesn't it feel good to come home and you say, man, I, I I just, man, I want to give something better to my kids than what I had before. Isn't that awesome? And you feel amazing inside. It's like God put that in you, this, this sense of accomplishment, that well done, thou good and faithful servant, actually is being said to you right now if you're doing biblically what he's called you to do, yeah. man or woman. Yeah. Amen?
1: And I want you to look back at what AOC said. Beautiful, Massey, exactly where I'm sitting on this whole thing. And, and look back at what AOC said. You kind of wonder, okay, liberate from work in order to do what? And the idea was so that you could enjoy life and be creative. That was kind of this, this whole philosophy and this idea. I want you to think about, A, if you're working, you're being productive, which helps spur you to be more productive. An object at rest doesn't move unless it's acted upon. If you move yourself more towards rest, are you actually going to fulfill that time with quality production? Now, very few might, but I challenge you and say a 35-year-old guy playing <laughs> video games, eating Cheetos, Cheeto dust all over his shirt, sitting in his parents' basement.
0: Complaining about working.
1: Complaining about working. I'm sorry. Takes another two-liter Mountain Dew, takes a, a gulp.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Think about it. Is he truly happy? Is he content? Is is he loving life? Or is he kinda unhappy and discontented and, and a little bit miserable you. about with where he's at. When I don't work for like two or three days, I'm atrocious. Oh my God. I'm gosh, miserable. You're
0: restless, dude. Yeah, it's, any 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 person on here will comment on that. It's like there's no way you like staying at home.
1: No. No, people are fact, going crazy.
0: That Gloria Tucker lady, she's like, "Can I open my business now?" She's like going nuts. You know, she's like, oh, "I need to do something." <laughs> I'm going work, nuts. Let me work. Let me work. You know work, what I mean? Me I got to work. work. I got to get out of the house, you know. And it because it's in you. It's innate. You have to. You got to produce, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And the reason we're pointing this out and the reason we're taking this to task is because don't ever get swept up in the idea that work is somehow oppressive. Now, can you go overboard? Can your work of be course. oppressive? Of course. Can you have a really bad job? Which, Massey, I'm so glad that you pointed that out, that idea of like, what if you hate your job? Guess what? Embrace the suck, because you are gonna learn so many more lessons, and when you get bitter, and you get closed minded about your job, what ends up happening is you miss the lessons that you could have been learning. And I've done that. Man, have I done that. Massey can attest to the complaining that I've done in my past. See, we right? We're going
0: to go there, but I guess we can. Are your, your we, laundry on National? Yeah, yeah. I your, have your had jobs run. where okay. I have
1: complained okay. once or twice. It was very small complaints. <laughs> <laughs> very small. <laughs> very, very very small. Very holy. Yes. Very I'm holy. Righteous. Upright.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but one of the things... One this lady the... said, absolutely hate staying at home, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, Tammy. I agree with you. Work is healthy for people. Amen, Pastor Amen. You're right. It is. It's, 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 it's in you. It's innate. Yeah. It's innate. You can't not do it. Well, okay, unless you're lazy, you know what I mean? And it's funny because isn't that word so dangerous, like laziness, mm-hmm. that... If it, in, in 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 Proverbs it talks about it talks about the ant. It says old art yeah. sluggard, observe the ant. It stores for the winter and all these other things. Like it's a really cool analogy, and I wish I had memorized it, but I, I I haven't. But it's basically talking about the work ethic of the ant, never stops, carries twice, three times their load. They're just moving and moving and moving, you know what I mean? Yep. And their colonies are built and they take care of the queen and all that other stuff. Just beautiful story, man. It's beautiful stories. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And if you look at Proverbs, there's nothing in there that tells you, ah, uh, just fold your hands, take a nap, take it easy, just relax, life is great. Now, there is a time for rest, right? Ecclesiastes Amen. talks about a Amen. time or a season. But if you look at Proverbs and you look at what it says, it points out the dangers of laziness, the dangers of sloth, right? Because it's so addicting. Oh, dude. that's It's so addicting. As soon as you fold your hands, you go... I don't have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then where are you at? Suddenly your field is overgrown, your walls are crumbling. Yep. You're, yeah, you're right. You're in danger of not having what you need. Right? You're right.
0: Yeah. No, dude, I wonder too if like we're teaching our our daughters and our sons if we go the extra mile. Let's say, men, when we come home, it's tough. I know we're, we have a hard day. I just want to sit down, yeah, and chill, like get on my phone for a minute because I haven't had much, you know, like and a stressful day inside mentally, but. What if you went the extra mile and like helped your wife went outside and did some work, right. And taught them with you and you're teaching them. It goes beyond my physical job. I have to take care of the house. I have to take care spiritually of the house as well and pray over it. And I got to take care of what's inside and outside because the mom does just as much as well. So it's like, what if we're supposed to teach our kids to go the extra mile? If we teach them that it stops at a certain time, well then it's innate and it's like, okay, I only go so far. Tell them to go the extra mile. Tell them that it produces fruit when you go the extra mile. Man, there's nothing like it. You don't do it for reward. I honestly don't. When, whenever I see people that go the extra mile, you just want to reward them yeah. because they go the extra mile. Not that they're doing it for that. You just want to out of the goodness of your heart as a boss or whatever, as a leader. You, want to, man, you just want to point them out, encourage them, and bless them. Because you know what? It takes guts to do that. Mm-hmm. That you know, It's not a popular thing to go above, above and beyond the extra mile. But when you do, man, there's nothing like it. And when you reward someone that does it, there's an appreciation that they feel noticed. Yeah. It's, it's awesome, dude. It's absolutely. awesome. Absolutely.
1: And I want to give hope in this whole thing. I know we're about to wrap this up, but this whole discussion of work can actually give you hope. I was talking to somebody today at church this morning. Actually, I'll give a shout out, Paul Garner. He and I were talking. PG. Pete. And we talked about the idea of opportunity. and. The beautiful thing is in this situation, in this quote-unquote crisis, you have an opportunity. I don't know what that looks like for you, but there is opportunity in the problems and the struggles and the crises of life. And so instead of looking at it as something where, oh, I, I, man, I'm so crushed, Start turning your mindset to seeing it as an opportunity. 100%. See it as something where you can find a solution. You can think creatively. You can move outside the box because necessity is the mother of innovation. Yep. And now is your time to start innovating. And now's your time to stand up if you feel that you need to be civilly, civil disobedient. Right? Yeah. If you need to open your business, then you need to do what you need to do in order to put food on the table. Let the Lord work it out, right? Seek the Lord first, but let the Lord work it out. If you feel called, I've got to work. I've got to put money. You, um, Massey's loading up a, a comment for me. Oh, it's not on there. I must. Uh oh, hold on, people.
0: <laughs> so Gloria just said. Gloria just said. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does the Bible mention retirement? <laughs> <laughs> no. It only Moses mentions old retire. age. Yeah. It only mentions old age. It doesn't mention retirement, and not to my knowledge. No. It Pastors can correct it me if I'm wrong there, but. I don't believe it does, <laughs> but out of this whole thing, right? So we know yeah. the duty of work and we need to get back to work. I'm encouraging you scripturally now to go back to work. So is Mike. We're doing this as a scriptural reference, not to just say we need to go back to work because no scripturally, dude, it's good yeah. for a man to do this. Good for a man to sweat and, and to do what he does and a woman, right? It's good for us to do that. But also to what is our duty? Can you go above and beyond the pale? Is it you that God's calling to get involved? Because I believe this is a good. It's exposing things that we didn't know were wrong. Mm-hmm. When I go to a county commissioner meeting or a city council meeting and we're seeing all this stuff happen, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I could do that. <laughs> Stand in the gap for the people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just get it in you where it's like, what can I do? Learn. Learn. Learn everything you can about law and state law. And whatever's unconstitutional to that constitution, I would work on repealing. I wonder why we repealed prohibition, but we won't repeal. Tax law. We won't repeal any of the other amendments that go against. Cons- I'm, just, I'm serious. No, Let's you're think right. About it. We want Why, our
1: alcohol, but we don't care about our taxes. Right, exactly. You know, it's, it's,
0: And look, wherever again, I'm only throwing out these examples. I'm not saying I'm for or against. What I'm saying is we don't talk about repealing anymore. No. We don't talk about that. Why? Why don't we talk about our state laws are going way too far right now? Way too far. Right? Get involved. We have, again. And I'm not doing this as a plug, but it's true. We have a course that's teaching you these things, that there's a real law that you can grab onto. It's that God gives you that law and that constitution. He gave us this. He's the one who ordained it, not man, right? Get online. It's on truth.teachable.com. You can sign up for it. Get on there and learn uh, how to do it, and then take that to the streets. Teach people. Now, that's one facet. Here's a second. Learn your Bible. Amen. You got to read the Word of God, man. I could sit here and tell you how to get out of this stuff constitutionally and all this other stuff. But I'm telling you something, dude. If we ain't fighting on behalf of the Lord, we're fighting in vain. Yep. If, if God doesn't tell me to go for public office and I go do it without his blessing, I'll do some things, but it won't be anointed. What's the point of that? I'm wasting time. And I'll damage what he's really got for me in destiny. I don't want to do that hear from the lord yourself go to the word of god everything we're talking about politically is in scripture everything is that god ordains life why is the government saying it, it can tell you when life begins or ends yeah why that's not what the bible says and folks we're, there's more christians out there than you give yourself credit for and we have to be educated so go disciple people as well get online go on truth.com. Uh, get on there and start learning these things. Support us if you want to support us, because once these tours start ramping up, we're going to try to do as many places as we can, as time allotted, where we want to go out and teach these these things to people. I want to see people get raised up to be city council or city councilmen yeah. and county commissioners, because we can do this, dude. We Amen. can do this. Amen. Can you imagine if this county was the one that changed everything? If Martin County, Port St. Lucie County, what if these counties were the ones that said, "Man, there was something. They they sh- they stood. They yeah. shook it up." Yeah. And then other counties get the courage because one thing that those counties said we're we're, we're gonna wait till the other counties and see what they do those counties didn't elect you to your position the people did those counties didn't elect you to be in that position it's the people who want to go back to work that did you know what i mean so don't let them say that stuff imagine if it was you if that's your calling if that's i'm passionate about law i'm not passionate about politics I'm passionate about law and discipleship because to me, they both coincide very well, natural law and spiritual law. They both coincide extremely well. Okay. So people used to say, man, that's your passion is politics. No, 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 no. I don't like politics. I don't, you know what I love truth and truth coincides with both. And that's where my my lane is, right? So whether it's in church, whether it's state, I'm going to do both and they're going to be in the name of the Lord. That's where we can all be together. If you learn these things, right? It took me 20 minutes to Google search laws state statutes all these things Mm -hmm. we can do this yeah we can we're not we're not bound by anything they're men too did you know that they're men they're flesh of flesh blood of blood they're the same as you they're no different you don't need to be civilly unrested you go over there and you make your voice known you put more pressure on them and they'll they'll cave they Mm -hmm. have to they have to
1: otherwise they're out
0: exactly they know that votes count right so then you go find the person that's going to do it if they don't want to do it and they they'll, they'll lose their position it's it's that simple we can do this together if we do it right yeah. and in the name of the lord amen. amen so we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to self-evident podcast look you got massey and mike and why we do this is because everything that i learned took time a lot of time but we made it easy for you if you go on again the self-evident truth.teachable.com you can get a lot of what i learned it took what 15 years now of teeth. studying of studying and studying and studying and reading and learning i'm still reading right i'm reading a copy of the discussions of the constitution the most boring book i've ever read in my life but i'm learning it because i want to learn what they were discussing back then right so we're learning new things you can go online get get signed up for the government versus god course you can see yourself who's really got the authority god or government or go on 1776 truth uh, .com. You can get some merchandise and help us out. You want to share this video, get it out to people because people need this information. They need hope and courage in these times. Guys, get on there and subscribe to YouTube. Get on our Apple podcast. Get on uh, Self Evident and subscribe. Share that page because the more information gets out there, and there's many other people that we promote. Yeah. You've got Institute on the Constitution. You've got Liberty First by Chris Ann Hall. David Barton from Wall Builders. Yeah. You have uh, Bill Federer from American Minute. You've got uh, – Ke- uh, what's his name? Green? oh it's his name from Texas. He has his own pocket it's unbelievable very much dude you've got so many people and i'm I'm forgetting them all you got so many people standing for the cause of liberty and they 're willing to help you and the resources are incredible incredible yeah. and i
1: i want I want to say this to everybody watching right now. Share this, and I mean it take a couple of seconds press that share button. If you agree with what we've said, or even if you disagree and you want other people to argue with us, press that share button. But you cannot deny that we've given you some information that maybe you didn't know already, right? And if you want other people to know that information, this is a great way that you can start getting involved. And it's, it's not just self-promotion. It really is this idea of, look, we want this information to get out to everybody. We want everybody to be able to know this information and know that their constitution protects them. Not that it's against them, not that it limits them, that, in fact, the Constitution protects them against a government that wants to limit them. So I really, really, really encourage you to press the share button, to subscribe on YouTube, to, to upload stuff, to recommend it, to comment, press the likes, press the dislike, whatever you want to press. right? But the important thing is be active in your sphere. Start in your sphere. Start small. Start with your neighbor. Start with your friends. Start with a coworker. Start small, move forward, right? So, with that being said, guys, we love we you love so you. much,
0: so much, man. We love doing these things. Uh, it's
1: such a blast. They're
0: awesome, man. We're gonna keep feeding you content as we get it, as we're getting downloads from the Lord this Wednesday. We're gonna talk about what is liberty. I fear people give it up so easy because they don't understand what it is and what it costs, Amen. spiritually and naturally. So, we're gonna be talking about that this Wednesday night, and we're calling it. We're gonna start changing that the, the, the title to. We're calling it Late Night. Uh, late night lives. And so I'm excited about it because it's just giving people more information that they can hang on to and take to their fellow uh, neighbors and and teach them. Absolutely.
1: All right. We love you guys. Deuces. Massey and Mike out. Have a great night.